Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. gentlemen let's go into the word and let's go into the word this morning god has been kind to us and he will be kind and so father we ask this morning that as we come before you as we stand in your presence we pray and we pray like this to start may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the sweet fellowship of the holy spirit be with you now and always and everybody said and that's how we're going to start. You may say, oh, but, but you started with what we normally start with at the end. The reality, ladies and gentlemen, is the reason that is such a powerful prayer and it is such a powerful reality is that that summarizes our relationship with God. And this morning, ladies and gentlemen, as we going to the word we're going to focus on just one section of scripture to start and we're going to look at our relationship when i say our relationship with god now actually understanding that so the grace actually breaks it down it says the grace of our lord jesus christ which is we'll, we'll come and we're going to look at that in a moment and then the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you now forevermore Ladies and gentlemen, your relationship with God is the difference between success and failure in every area of your life. If your relationship with God is tampered with, broken, hampered, or you do not understand how to work in it or walk in it then there will be challenges around you and that's not God's desire and so ladies and gentlemen can you come with me please and what I want to do is I want to set the scene for a couple of minutes the scripture we're about to read Jesus summarizes what life is all about and the opportunity to do so was given because he had come into Jerusalem on that famous day, the Passover. He had come in and he came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey in fulfillment of prophecy. And when he came, the city erupted. And they began to shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, which means save, save, save us in the highest. And they began to call him the son of David and he was it was a triumphant entry into the temple he comes into the temple and depending on which account you read he walks into the temple and he literally tears it apart he drives out those that are selling stuff he drives out those that are making merchandise of the of of God of the relationship with God he literally drives them out and the Pharisees are standing there and they are indignant they wanted to kill him for previously now it was definite and the Bible says when he does that according to Matthew's account when he clears out the place of the buying and selling he's literally standing alone and the Bible said the poor people 
those that were lame, those that were blind, came to him. And in the space that he had created, healing began to take place. As healing is about to take place in here. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening to, anywhere in the world, healing will happen. And he heals and the Pharisees are standing, but they can't deny what's happening. Eyes are open and so there's pandemonium around Jesus. Eventually they gather, they come at him and they come as a group. They literally ask him, what right do you have to do this? Answers them, asks them about John the Baptist. They can't answer him, so they're silenced, but they're upset. So they begin to set traps for him. They first send a group of people called the Herodians. The Herodians are a group of people, and they don't... They're not necessarily part of the, the Pharisees. They don't believe like everybody else does. And they come and they ask him a question. And he silences them. He answers in such a way that they have no answer and away they go. The Sadducees come and they, they also, they're not like the Pharisees. They don't believe in the resurrection. They think that this is, this is all there is. There's no tomorrow. This is it. They come and they begin to ask him questions about the resurrection, thinking that we'll trip you up in our expertise. He answers them and they don't have an answer. Then the Pharisees get together and they realize if we don't stop this man, our system is effectively over. So they gather together and they, and they, they come together and then the Bible says a lawyer. Now, when we say a lawyer, that's not necessarily one who walks in the course of justice. It means somebody who is an expert in everything about Judaism. Says, you know what? I've got it. Well, I'll ask him a question. If he can't answer this, you guys can stone him. And, it, it, and all sorts of things. The Bible's... introduces this person and they never name him but that is where we will pick up our narrative Matthew 22 and I'll read from 34 for com to give you context but when the Pharisees heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence they were gathered together and then one of them which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, so the question, the intention of the question was to cause harm. He said, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Verse 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord your God, thy God, with all thy heart and with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Matthew 22 verse 39. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law 
and the prophets. And they were stunned. They had nothing else to say. Because if he was wrong, they would have accused him at worst. Or stoned, accused him at best. Or stoned him at worst. They did neither. Meaning what Jesus said was right. And so ladies and gentlemen, Jesus summarizes that our lives are made up of three relationships. He said, relationship number one is you shall love the Lord your God. Now, why did I, I present the grace earlier? Because your, if we were to summarize our relationship with God, we can summarize it like this. And this is something that we, I want you to understand as we go on today. Remember what I said, that the central fact of the success or failure of any area of your life is your relationship with God. And so Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God. So pause for a moment. So when we say love the Lord your God, we'll come to that and we will come to the details of that. But what is our relationship with God? What does, what, what does he mean? And this is what he means. Our relationship with God the Father is through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, our relationship with God the Father is through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, you may say, well, uh, that, that sounds good, but how does that translate to my day-to-day -day life? So let's look at the three people that we spoke about. And, and the grace gives us parameters. When the Bible is speaking about God, it says the love of God. And ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to understand is this. Please understand this about God your Father. Because our relationship is with God the Father. John chapter 14, reading from verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto who? The Father except by me. That means in everything in our walk with Jesus Christ, it is his desire to get you back to the Father. That means everything that the Father is. Now, you may say, oh, but what, what does that give me? Let's, let me present the Father to you in a few words. The Bible says that God is love. First John chapter 4, reading from verses 8 to 10. I will not necessarily turn there. But so, who is God your father? What does God say of himself? When he talks to Abraham, he said, I am the Lord God Almighty. That means there is no one stronger. When he speaks to Gideon, he says, I am the Lord God your peace. That means there's nothing missing, nothing broken. When he speaks to the children of Israel, he says, I am the Lord God your healer. When he's speaking to David, he says, I am the Lord God, your shepherd. When he's speaking to Ezekiel, as the kingdom of Israel is crumbling and they're going off into exile, he says, I am the Lord God who is present. Don't worry, I am present. This is the God you serve. But what did, is the one thing I want you to remember about God, your father, is that God 
loves you. Love is not something that God does. Love is someone that God is. First John, actually I'll turn there. First John 4, and I'll go. First John 4. And I'll read from 8. The Bible says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. That means whenever God wants to express himself to you, it's an expression of his love for you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, why did I say that? I want you to think about that. That's not only when God sent Jesus Christ to save you. The Bible says in verses 9 and 10 that in this was the love of God made clear or manifested. In that God sent Jesus Christ, his son, to be the propitiation, the full and final payment for our sins. That's the God we're talking about. We agree. I accept that. But God's love for you started long before he sent Jesus to save you. God's love for you shaped your destiny and your purpose. God's love for you, ladies and gentlemen, and I want you to understand this. When we say love, notice God does not mean you any harm. Whereby God says, I love you. That means I'm not going to give you, do anything to you that's going to bring you harm. So everything that God has done for you is an expression of his love. Where you were born, who you were born to, what you have gone through, what you are going through, where you are going, what skills you have. Listen carefully. It is a God who loves you that made sure everything within you was necessary. You say, but how do I know that God loved me before I arrived? Two scriptures. First one is Jeremiah chapter 1, reading from verses 4 and 5. God says about Jeremiah, as he says about you, that before I began the process of your fabrication, I already loved you. I knew what you were going to be. I knew what you were going to need. I knew what you were going to do. And I made sure that they were there before I started the process. The Bible also says that every single child that is born has within them a unique path, skill, gift, or bent. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Listen to me very carefully. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go. In the Amplified Classic Version, it says, in accordance with his individual gift or bent, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That means, ladies and gentlemen, there is a sweet spot on your inside. God has put a place where his goodness, his grace, his ability, and his power will flow through your life, and it's the responsibility of a parent to find it. What am I telling you? That God loved you before you had done anything. And that's the God that Jesus says is your father. Father means source. Father means you came from somewhere. But not only do you have a beginning. Because of who God is. He says I am the alpha and I am the omega. I am the beginning and I am the end. That means you have a beginning, a middle and an end that God is bringing Ladies and gentlemen, that's the God we're talking about. The God who can do the impossible. That's the God Jesus is talking about. And so your relationship is with that God. And Jesus said, it is through me. And when we say it is through him, what that simply means is he has made 
everything about your relationship with your father and it is beneficial possible by his life death and resurrection And so ladies and gentlemen, as you go through your day, I want you to realize when you want to go to God, it is settled because of what Jesus did. And I'll show you one scripture to drive this home. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, and I'll read from 22. Hebrews 12, 22 says the following. The Bible says, but you are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel, meaning every time you want to go into the presence of God, the blood of Jesus announces you that this person is made clean. This person is accepted. And Jesus, not only does he announce you, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 that you are seated in heavenly places in him. So when God looks at you, he sees Jesus Christ. And everything that you may ask of your father. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. The Bible says for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him are men unto the glory of God by us. Ladies and gentlemen, your relationship with God is on a very sound footing. That means everything you need, everything you require, everything you will go through is founded on your ability to reach the God who owns the universe. Jesus has made that possible. And then we talk about the Holy Spirit. And the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is this. Let me, when Jesus said, I will send the Holy Spirit to you, this is what I want you to understand. He's the third person of the Trinity. Jesus said, so that you will not only know everything the Father knows, but you will also be able to do everything that the Father does. I'll send the Holy Spirit to you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit searches the hearts of God. That means he has access to the plans, purposes, and intents that God has for your life. He also is central to the omniscience of God. He knows everything there is to know. The Bible also says of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is your teacher, John 14, 26, that he'll teach you all things. That he's your guide. But John 16 verse 17, John 16 verse 13 is really important. The Bible says of the Holy Spirit that he will lead you into all truth. And he will show you things to come. Ladies and gentlemen, your relationship with God, let's understand something. That means your relationship with God connects you to God who can do the impossible. That says... Whenever you need that God, he is one step away. And all that is in that God and makes that God amazing 
is in you. Jesus said, this is your first relationship. Now, that would be great. But there's more. Because that's relationship number one. Relationship number two is your relationship with you. And ladies and gentlemen, you may say, how can I have a relationship with myself? If you are to believe what a lot of people say, they don't like the person that they see in the mirror. So they don't really like that person every morning. They would like to be somebody else. They would like to be doing something else. They would like to be somewhere else. They would like to have something else. But Jesus said, your relationship with your father changes that. So this is what the commandment says, and this is what Jesus wants you to realize. He says, you shall love the Lord your God. Then he makes this statement, with. And he says, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That means what you bring back to the Father is your heart, your soul, and your mind. Let me just explain what they do. Together, they give you the ability to create your circumstances, your situations, and the environment you live in. Your heart, ladies and gentlemen, Romans 10.10, says, with your heart you believe unto righteousness. The heart believes, it accepts something as true. Your soul, ladies and gentlemen, is what you decide with. It is what you feel with. It is what you process information with. The Bible says that as a man thinketh in his heart. What? So is he. Your mind has a unique function. Your mind has the ability to create. It pictures. It sees things. The Bible says... God will keep him in perfect peace. Isaiah 26 verse 3. The man whose mind is stayed or focused on him. Why? Because you will see yesterday, today, and tomorrow through the lens of a God who loves you. That changes things. And Jesus said, this is your first relationship. And then he said, the second commandment is just like it. That you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus puts that in a comparison. In a comparison, ladies and gentlemen, whatever you mention second is what holds priority or you looked at first. Loving you comes 
when you begin to see yourself through the lens of the God who loves you. And how do we do that? Because that will change the way you see life. That will change the way you see life. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when God said, give me your heart, your soul, and your mind, he said, when I love you, you spend time with me, I will change your heart, your soul, and your mind, thereby changing you and thereby changing your life. All of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, what you think is impossible becomes possible because God points it out to you. It's the same as when you read a manual and the creator of a thing says, press this and this and this. And all of a sudden, what you're holding can do this. I remember the first time I deleted something on my iPhone and I panicked. And I just went onto the internet and it said, if you shake your phone, it undoes the delete. I said, really? And so I held my phone. I was by myself, so I didn't feel like much of an idiot. And I just went, <laughs> and it said, undo. I said, hey, 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 hey. I didn't know that. In the very same way, ladies and gentlemen, when you begin to live life through the lens of the God who loves you, he will begin to show you that you can do things that you never knew you could do. And so, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus could have left it at that. But then he said, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so this is what he was saying. He was saying life is made up of three relationships. Your relationship with God the Father. Through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Your relationship with yourself where you will begin to believe, you will begin to decide, and you will begin to picture things the way God said you should. Then he said, from that position, you can now impact the world around you by sharing that God with the person in front of you. And we call that the miraculous. And Jesus, this is how the Bible says it about Jesus. And he says it about you. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says the following. How God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil for one reason, 
for God was with him. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning I want you to realize God is with you. There's nothing you are facing that God has not planned or laid out so that a successful outcome is not the end. And you may say, oh, but so why are you telling me this? For one reason and one reason alone. Why are you telling me that my relationship, this is how life is. Because ladies and gentlemen, what I didn't mention was this. Your relationship with God has a direct impact on your heart. And your heart produces your words. It has a direct impact on your soul. And your soul produces your decisions. It has a direct impact on your mind and your mind creates what it focuses on. And so let me put in one verse of scripture what this looks like and then we will pray. Turn with me please to Psalm 1. And we will read the first three verses. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Verse 3, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. This is the end. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Jesus said, the following. The thief only comes to steal, kill, or destroy. But I am come that you may have what? Life. That you may have what? Life. That you may have what? Life. And life more abundant. And life is made up of three relationships. Your relationship with God your Father, your relationship with you, your relationship with others. And Jesus said, in those three areas, I will change your life. And so ladies and gentlemen, this morning, I didn't come to tell you what you don't have. I came to tell you 
what you do have. Things will be different from here. Everybody said? And everybody said? And so ladies and gentlemen, I would like to make two articles. The first one is, if there's anyone who doesn't know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, let me pause for a moment. The Bible is very specific. The Bible says that Jesus said, to begin this journey into what you have, we make an exchange. He said, I will give you what I have as you give me what you have. He said, if you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and raised from the dead, the Bible says you will be saved, separated and removed from harm. Ladies and gentlemen, if that's you, then what we just described is what Jesus is offering. And wherever you are, anywhere in the world, whether you are in this auditorium at Greenwich Hub, you're listening online, you're listening to the service in a hotel room, Please hear me. Just simply ask Jesus, come into my life and be Lord of my life. The Bible says he will not fail you. And saved you will be. And if that's you, then I ask you in this moment, just say the prayer. The rest he will guide you through. He will save you, place you in a place of safety, and remove you from harm. The second auto call I'd like to make is this. For anyone who thought, wherever you are, that life was out of control, that life was beyond you, that you are facing a situation that cannot be handled. What Jesus said just now changes that. Because he said you are not facing what you are facing alone. And so if there's anyone in here who feels that life is out of control I'm confronting something I cannot handle slip your hand up we're only going to say a prayer wherever you are in the world and what did Jesus say he said the father myself and the Holy Spirit we're right there with you And so this morning I sense that whoever you may be, the Lord is saying, I am right there with you. And if God is there, that which was called impossible 
just became possible. And my Father and my God, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice for one thing, that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit will be with them now and for always. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen.